Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Hope. We're glad that you're here. Those of you joining us in the room, those of you joining us online, uh, we like to begin our services with this greeting Christians have been using for a long, long, long time. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Thank you. We believe that's true, uh, that the Lord meets us right where we are. Uh, whether we're here, there, uh, anywhere we are, where we find ourselves in life, in the midst of the good times, in the midst of the mess, God is right there with us. So let's bow our heads and pray to him as we begin. Thank you, God. We are so grateful that you meet us here, that you meet us right where we live in the reality that we're, uh, <laughs> that we're, that we're in. Whether Some of us, God, we feel like we're stuck in circumstances right now. Uh, life has just tossed us a curve, and we don't know what to do with it. And, and uh, God, thank you for meeting us right here in the middle of it. We don't have to come to you today uh, ignoring that or pretending it's not there. We don't have to put on the happy face or anything like that. God, we can bring to you the reality of our lives. Uh, our frustrations, our questions, our, uh, our fears, every bit of it, God. Our failures, God, we can, we can be honest with you about all of it, knowing that you're the God who can forgive our sins and heal our hurts, comfort us in our griefs, give us wisdom and strength to make it through anything that life might throw our way. Thank you, God, for being with us. I pray that as we gather together for this hour, as we center our hearts and thoughts on you, that you would make us aware of your presence that you would help us to be especially tuned in to what it is that you want to say to us, what it is that you want to do in us, the changes you might want to make in our attitudes, in our actions, in, in the, the way that we're going to approach the coming week. Thank you, God. Thank you for the chance to, to sing to you, to pray to you, to listen for your spirit speaking through the scriptures, to gather around the table of our Lord Jesus. We are so grateful. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you're here in the room, we invite you to stand and sing as we begin. Good morning.
had my, my pages flipped backwards. <laughs> and so I was like, <laughs>
with abandon. You love us unconditionally. You love us where we are, no matter where we stand, Lord. No matter what's been in our past, no matter where we are at the moment, no matter what's coming in the future, Lord, your love is good, and it never fails. It never ends. Thank you, Father, for that very love that has brought us to where we are, that has kept us from so much, Lord for your grace that has sustained us, your grace that has protected us, your grace that has brought us into relationship with you, Father. We can never, never express, Lord, how much, 
how much that means. We can, there are no words, Lord, to tell you how we thank you, how we love you, how we praise you, how we give you the glory for all of those, all of that love, all of the grace that you have bestowed on us, each and every blessing, Father. Lord, I know that today the sun is shining and it's beautiful, it's wonderful. And Lord, it lifts our spirits so much. And we thank you, Lord, that this is the day that you have made. Because we can and do rejoice. And we're glad in it. But Father, I know that there have been gloomy days just recently. Not just weather-wise, Lord. Not because the sun has been hidden. But Lord, just because of life. And so, Father, we ask that those people who are, those of us who are going through whatever it is that, that makes the skies look gloomy, Lord, that you would walk with them. Lord, I'm, I think of Psalm 23 where it even says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for you are with me. Thank you, Lord, that you are with us no matter what's happening. Lord, and many of us have seen your, your favor and your blessings over the last week, two weeks, month, Lord, however long, but we, we thank you and we praise you for your favor and for your blessing also. That, Lord, maybe that favor and blessing has been in the midst of some gloomy days. Regardless, Father, you, are, you alone are worthy to be praised. You alone receive the thanks and the honor and the glory for all that you have done. Be with each one that's in this room, Lord, with people who are watching right now, and with people who will watch this later, each individual, Lord, they're not unknown to you. Every single one is known intimately by you. Be with each one, Lord. Bless them. Encourage them, Lord. Be a presence in their lives, Lord, that they cannot deny. And then thank you for allowing us to be in your presence in this very place. Thank you, Father, that we can be here knowing that you've promised where two or three are gathered, at least two or three, then you are um, um, in our midst. Lord, I lift up Pastor Rich as he brings us the message this morning. May you just, may your Holy Spirit just fill him, Lord, that you would um, speak through him the word that you have for us this morning. We thank you for the blessing that he is to this church and this community, to each person that comes in contact with him. And in all these things, Lord, we thank you, we praise you, we give you all the glory in your precious holy name. Amen. And the peace of the Lord be with you. And also, and also with you. With you. <laughs> Maybe I, I bumped it. Put it. I put it on mute. <laughs> <laughs> Happens to the best of us. And uh, well, thank you guys for leading us musically. Thank you, Pastor Judy, for leading us in prayer. And uh, wow, I didn't know I'm a, I'm a blessing to everyone who comes in contact with me. Apparently, all right, that's that's fantastic. Wow, I was see, I was praying along with you. Um, we uh, let's see. Thank you guys for being here for worshiping with us. And uh, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna climb up here. I'm gonna move a microphone. I'm gonna there we go. Uh, 
By way of announcement, if you're in the room with us, then uh, back in the back, there's a little offering box. If you're giving today, you can drop it in there. There's a little, there are little green cards next to it that you can uh, let us know uh, that you're with us, how we can pray for you, how we can thank God with you, and you can drop that in there as well. And, uh, or you can grab your phone just like everybody online can and uh, go to livinghope.info slash connect and fill out that little connect card online. You can give online as well. And uh, thank you again to all of you who are giving so generously uh, to not only support uh, big projects that we have come along from time to time, like the Habitat House last year, or uh, stuff for World Vision coming up uh, later on this year, all the different groups that we help support, but you guys give faithfully to support the everyday, uh, day after day ministries uh, of this church here in our community and around the world, so thank you for that. Um, speaking of things, uh, opportunities to give that are coming up, uh, if you've been uh, sitting there thinking, oh man, I, I, don't, I don't have a lot to contribute financially, I wish there was something else I could give, I wish there was something else I could contribute. Uh, the month of February is one where every year we get to contribute some, something that's a little unusual, I guess, for you to collect at church, used bras. So every February, we invite you, yes, you heard me right, uh, you get to contribute used bras for Free the Girls. It's a nonprofit with a great name uh, that works with women coming out of sex trafficking in, I think it's three different countries right now that they're working with. And so as these women get out of that, they need something income-wise to provide for themselves, for their families, and so these used bras are something they can sell on the used clothing market there in their communities, and it provides them with income, with livelihood, and it's a beautiful thing. Uh, in a couple, let's see, in a couple of weeks, I think it is, uh, we're going to have uh, uh, Pastor Greg Arthur from Doonland Community Church. He also works part-time with Free the Girls and has been working with them for years in a variety of ways, uh, knows ever since they were founded, and... Um, He's going to be here to share with us more about that. I'm looking forward to being here with you and hearing uh, what he has to say about it uh, so you can learn more about it. But anytime in the month of February, actually anytime, anytime, you can drop bras off. There's a box out there in the foyer some of you have seen. You can bring them by. We have people that drop them off in the little breezeway out there that's usually unlocked so that if you're driving by at 11 p.m., you're like, oh, I never did drop off this bag of bras. You can just swing by, open the door, chuck them in, and... Keep going. And uh, so if we're here, you can come in and drop them off. If not, you can just put them in the entryway. And uh, in the month of February, we make a big push for it, and we invite you to tell your friends. All right? Tell your friends you want their bras. Okay? Uh, I do that, and it, it leads to lots of fun conversations. In fact, uh, if the blizzard doesn't uh, keep us all snowed in, then this Wednesday morning I'll be at a chamber event, chamber networking event with like 70 other people. And uh, I've mentioned this the last several years. I have people ask me every year, hey, you guys still collecting the bras? Oh, I'm going to bring some with me. So they were joking last month that they were going to be throwing bras at the pastor uh, when he showed up at the networking event this, this, this coming month. So anyway, uh, if you want a fun way to talk to your friends about church and about the good work being done around the world to help people, uh, you, can, you can say, hey, yeah, bring your, can you come to our church and bring a bunch of bras with you? Um, so anyway, that's happening. And uh, that women's uh, Bible study is starting up this Friday. Uh, 9.30 in the morning or 1 o'clock in the afternoon. I trust you've already uh, put your word in. If you're, if you're coming to that, the books are in. If you haven't and you want to participate, ladies, please let us know. Put that on one of those Connect cards or, or let us know some other way. And, uh, and then today we're starting, uh, we're, we're starting this message on serving. We're continuing this message series on uh, blessing our neighbors. And uh, I'm curious as we get into this uh, today, are, do any of you have certain tasks that you tend to put off, that you avoid doing, that you just kind of let slide a little bit? Um, I was, I was reading some of, the, the, uh, like some of those tweets that people put out about funny things like this, and, and somebody mentioned one about laundry, and I thought, oh, man, they're describing my life. You know, I have no problem. You know, when the hamper's full, I dump them in the washer, I wash them, I dry them, I put them in my room in a pile, and that's where they live. 
in a pile in the corner of my bedroom. That's where my clean clothes live. They don't, they don't, I've got drawers right there, like, you know, right there. And uh, instead of folding them and putting them away, they just, right there. So I don't know, oh, some of you, okay. The laundry piling system is, uh, see, I should write a book about how convenient it is and time-saving or something. Uh, I'm guessing some of us have those kinds of things that go on in our lives, tasks that we just tend to let slide. You walk past it, you don't see it, you know. Um, I, some other folks, it's like taking out the trash is that thing until finally it's overflowing. And, and yes, I'm, Stacy's in here, and she's like, yeah, that one right there in the kitchen. Every now and then, she's like, I, she doesn't tell me anymore. She doesn't nag me about it. She just waits until it won't close, you know, and I see that it won't close. And I'm like, why would you leave? Oh, yeah, I should take that out. That's right. That's my, that's my job. I forgot. Uh, why would she stack? Stuff on top. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we have that too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that, is that the person that has to take it out? Yeah. Oh, I see. That's how it works in here. See, this is a trash can I volunteered to take out. So I'm the one that's supposed to empty this trash. And, uh, yeah. No, I understand several families have that. Like, if you can fit it in, great. It's still good. If you have to put one on top, oh, now it's full and you have to empty it. Yeah. yeah. So we all have these tasks, I imagine, that we, uh, that we avoid, that we put off. If, if that's you, this may be a little challenging today, some of the things that we're going to talk about. Uh, but, uh, but you're in good company, you'll find. Uh, as we get into the, today's scriptures. So we are continuing this uh, series on blessing our neighbors. And, and you can see there in your notes uh, the different bless practices. This comes from a book by a couple of pastors who are brothers uh, that if you haven't gotten it yet, you still can. Just look up bless and Dave and John Ferguson. Or just look up bless book Ferguson and you'll find it. All right. Um, but they say that when you're thinking about people that God has sent you to to bless, if you think about your neighbors and you want to actually love your neighbors and help them uh, take steps back toward God, Help them find their way toward the God who loves them. It's not enough just to, just to hope that they'll find their way, right? If you can actually help them, there are some practical things you can do. You can begin with prayer. And I encourage you to do this at the beginning of the series. I actually even we put a little thing in the notes. We gave you time in the service to think of some of your, maybe your eight closest neighbors or some of your coworkers or people that are in your life that, that God may, maybe that's why God has you at that job. Maybe that's why God organized your school schedule the way it did, so that you would be near this person in that period. Uh, maybe this is why this person moved in next door. Who knows? I don't know why it is, but maybe God has sent you to them, and you can begin to pray. Maybe God wants to work through you to bless them. Begin to pray. Ask God, God to bless them and to, to open your eyes to opportunities that you might have to connect with them. Because the, the second one is listen. When you connect with them, you don't just start blabbing out everything you care about. Uh, you listen to them. You listen to their hopes and their dreams and their hurts and what's going on in their life. You want to get to know them better. And maybe you've even started to do that by, by eating with them. Um, you know, last week we were talking about eating. And uh, after the service, Stacy said, that is the weirdest message to give in the middle of a COVID pandemic thing. You know, where we're all supposed to be keeping our distance from each other. And then this last week, I ended up with two different lunch meetings with people uh, that uh, that I didn't initiate. People who uh, outside the church who were like, hey, can we get lunch? We need to talk about this. I'm like, oh, sure. Yeah, okay. Um, uh, maybe you've already been eating with them or you're looking forward to eating with them or some other way to get to know them better. If you do these things, at some point, you're going to start to pick up on ways that you can serve them, ways that you can help them with something that they need. And then next week, we'll talk about sharing your story as you have an opportunity to do that. See, we live in a, uh, in a culture that says that the higher you rise, the more power that you have, the more wealth you accumulate, that, uh, that this all means that you have more leverage to be able to get other people to serve you. And Jesus flips that on his head. 
It's like a paradigm shift that he gives us, all right, that we're going to look at today. It says that is not how it's supposed to work. That's not how Jesus lives, and that's not how he calls us to live. So we're going to look at a story from John chapter 13. It's a great story. You've probably heard it before. Uh, in fact, we kind of uh, started down this road last week a little bit. Um, but in John chapter 13, verse 1, it says it was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress. And the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he knows who he is. He knows how high and exalted he is. He knows. So it says he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. This is Jesus. No one higher. No one has more power. All of creation belongs to him. And he sets aside his crown and picks up a towel. Or as the authors of the book put it, he puts on an apron. All right? I'm just thinking of the towel. All right? Now, uh, have you ever been to one of those like really fancy restaurants? I don't know that I ever have been to one of these that where the, the waiter comes and got like the towel over his arm or the little cloth there and, uh, and takes your order and all that good stuff. I don't, I don't even know what, they, what that towel's for. I don't know, the sneeze thing? I'm not sure. But, but I'm kind of picturing Jesus, you know, he's approaching to serve. He's not coming, you know, to, to have others serve him. He is, he is serving his disciples to do this disgusting thing we talked about last week, washing feet. You know, last week we were talking about that woman, that, that sinful woman who washes Jesus' feet with, the, with her tears and, and dries them with her hair, and how this was something that was expected in those days as a sign of hospitality, that when you come in to someone's home, it's expected that they're going to provide someone to wash your feet. And so here is Jesus with his disciples. And uh, if you've read the other stories surrounding this, or maybe in the other Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, as they talk about this meal, because they all talk about this, this meal where Jesus uh, celebrates the Passover with his disciples and, and reimagines it as being about himself. And we celebrate every Sunday with the celebration of communion. Uh, the disciples have come, right? You, hear, you read about how Jesus sends them ahead to prepare the room and to go get everything ready and all of this. And so here they are. They're in the room, Jesus and his disciples, and they're around the table and somehow none of them have wanted to be the person that has to wash the feet. You know, there's no servant here. You know, there's no servant, like, that came with the room that's like, oh, and as we come in, you know, this isn't like they, they booked this banquet center, right, uh, who's going to provide someone behind the bar and someone to bring out the food and all this kind of thing. They, they've got a room. They've prepared the meal. And I'm kind of imagining these disciples as the meal, as they're all coming in, and they're looking around at each other like, so who's, who's going to wash the feet? Who's, who's lowest on the totem pole, right? Who is it that, uh, who, who joined last anyway? Who's got the least seniority? Who did Jesus call to be his disciples last? I think it was that guy. It wasn't me. I know it wasn't me. I was here before him, you know. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm more important than that guy, right? Jesus, Jesus confides in me before he confides in them, you know. Oh, I'm the one that, he, that brought in the loaves and the fish, right? I mean, I, surely I'm not the lowest on the, they're, they're all, no, nobody wants to be the one that washes the feet. I'm imagining this, all right? This isn't in the scriptures. I'm just kind of imagining that, that nobody wants to be the guy that has to get down and touch the other disciples' nasty toes and with all the stuff they've walked through that day as they've been following Jesus. 
Nobody wants to be the guy that has to wash the feet. So they end up at the table all with dirty, stinky feet. And Jesus gets up. And I can just imagine the, like the, the, the blood draining out of their faces, you know, kind of the dread that starts to overcome all of them. They're like, oh, no. As they see that he starts to kind of like take off the outer, uh, outer stuff and grabs the towel and, and you know, gets the basin. And I can just imagine them, their faces falling like, oh, man, I, I can't believe. Is he really going to? There's no way. In fact, he gets to, when he comes to Simon Peter, it says, uh, Peter says to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you don't realize now what I'm doing, but later you'll understand. I can kind of picture Peter like pulling his feet back. like, no, you shall never wash my feet. I mean, imagine for just a minute that you had somebody like really important at your house for dinner, right? So in, in your imagination, COVID's not a thing, all right? <laughs> somebody really important. I don't, maybe it's your boss comes by for dinner. Maybe it's um, the mayor, the governor, the president. I don't know. Somebody, somebody famous, somebody that you've watched on TV, an athlete that you've been cheering for and you're looking forward to cheering for maybe. And, uh, and somehow you get to host them at your house for dinner. And at some point in the meal, you know, they excuse themselves uh, to use the restroom and you realize, wow, they've been gone a little while. I hope they're okay. And you, you go down the hall to check on them and the bathroom door is open and they are on their knees scrubbing your toilet. Can you imagine how, like, mortified you'd feel? Like, oh, man, did I not have that clean? I can't believe that they, they got in there. It was so bad. They felt like they needed to clean my... And, you know, you'd want to stop them. You're like, oh, hey, whoa, whoa, what are you doing? Why, oh, you don't have to do that. You know, no, 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 it's good. I got it. Scrub, 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 you know. This is Jesus coming to them to wash their feet. It's no wonder Peter objects. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. It's kind of like saying, look, this is required. You want to be one of my disciples, you got to let me wash your feet. you got to let me clean you off. Well, then, Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands, my head as well. You know, wash all of me. That's what you got to do. Jesus answered, those who've had a bath need only to wash their feet. Your whole body's clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you, for he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he said not everyone was clean. Jesus takes this position of a servant. He washes their feet, and this blows their minds. You know, they've even read in other parts of the Gospels, you know, it's more than once that they have arguments about which of them is the greatest. You know, which of them them is going to sit at Jesus' right and left, you know, uh, when he comes into his kingdom, you know, his place of glory. Who gets to be right there? Who gets to be in the picture? You know, when the, when, when the press is there and everyone's looking and the pictures that everyone gets to see, who's going to be right there beside Jesus, behind Jesus in this place of prominence? They, they're constantly jockeying for position. And Jesus says, see, you guys have it all backwards. That is not how this is supposed to work. And so he goes ahead and lays out this, this paradigm shift for them. It says, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place do you understand what I have done for you, he asked them. You call me teacher, or rabbi. You call me Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, 
No servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. He says, you've been doing this whole, I'm more important or I'm too good to, to do that for you. And he says, look, I'm, I'm trying to help <laughs> I'm trying to help ingrain this deeply into your brain, into your bones, that that is not how this works. <laughs> it says, you know that I'm your teacher. You know that I'm your Lord. That's true. And I have served you in this way. All right, then are you better than me? <laughs> you know, is, a, is any servant greater than his master? Is a messenger more important than the person who sends him? No. Then you can do this too. You need to serve each other. You need to live as a servant. And if you do, you will be blessed. You will be blessed if you do them. And of course, you're going to be a blessing to others. Saying this is how it works. He gives an example. One of the other places he says this in Matthew chapter 20. um, Jesus called his disciples together and said, you know, this is... This is right after, I think, James and John had come to him saying, can we sit on your right and your left when you come in your glory? You know, and he's like, oh, you don't know what you're asking for. So Jesus calls the rest, and the rest of them are ticked. They're like, these guys are like, you know, oh, I was going to ask him, but you asked him first. Oh, I can't believe it. Jesus calls them together and says, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. Their high officials exercise authority over them. And he says, you know we live in a world where the higher you rise, the more power you have, the more wealth you accumulate, the more leverage you have to get others to serve you. You know we live in that kind of world. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now when Jesus said that about himself, the Son of Man, and when he said that about himself, I didn't come to be served, I came to serve, to give my life as a ransom for many, they, they didn't quite get it, right? They, they were still on the journey. They thought it was another one of those metaphors. This must be some kind of weird little parable that he's telling. And maybe they even felt that same way when he was washing their feet. But eventually they understood when he did, in fact, give his life. Like, wow, he meant this. <laughs> he meant we really are to serve. We really are to give our lives for others, just as he has given his life for us. Think for just a minute about the people that, that you are called to bless. Maybe it's the people that you first thought of a few weeks ago. Maybe it's somebody that just right now as you're thinking about, okay, God, who, who's in my you know, proximity? Who is it that you've sent me to? Uh, who are my neighbors? Who are my coworkers? Someone that's near me where I live or work or play that you want to bless through me. Think about them. I, I hope that you've already begun with prayer. You've already begun praying for them. I hope that maybe you've had an opportunity to, to listen to them. If, if since we've started this series, that you've had a chance to connect with them and, and you've made a, a, a specific effort. You know, I want to listen to them. I want to I hear them. I don't just want to talk about my day or my weekend. I want to I listen to what they think. Maybe you've even had a chance to get to know them a little better by eating with them. This, this is not something that maybe, you, maybe you've been doing this for a while. You just didn't have this language to put to it. Maybe there's already a neighbor you've been building a relationship with. As you do these things, you're inevitably going to hear about, okay, what's an opportunity I have to serve? The question that these pastors asked in the book and that I'm passing along to you, in my interactions with the people God's calling me to bless, am I wearing a crown or a towel or an apron? 
You know, if it's, if it's a family member and your interactions with that family member, are you wearing a crown all the time looking for them to serve you or are you wearing a towel looking for opportunities to serve them? If it's a neighbor, are you looking for ways they can serve you? Are you ticked when they didn't take the extra time to shovel your walk or are you looking for ways to serve, taking some extra time to shovel theirs? It's a coworker, a classmate, teammate. Are you wearing a crown or a towel in your interactions with them? Maybe that's a question you can ask yourself this week as you bump into them, as you have opportunities to interact with them. Are you looking for ways they can serve you or are you looking for ways to serve them? Now, one example for us to look at real quick uh, in Mark chapter 7 uh, is a moment where Jesus uh, heals someone, and, uh, and there's some stuff that uh, we can pull out of this. Uh, it says, Jesus left the vicinity of Tyre, went through Sidon, down to the Sea of Galilee, and into the region of the Decapolis. That part doesn't really matter, all right? <laughs> He's in a place. There are some people brought to him a man who was deaf and could hardly talk, and they begged Jesus to place his hand on him. After he took him aside, away from the crowd, Jesus put his... Now this part gets weird. Jesus put his fingers into the man's ears. Then he spit and touched the man's tongue. He looked up to heaven and with a deep sigh said, said to him, Ephatha, which apparently means be opened. Thank you, Mark, for telling us that because I would have had no idea. He says, be opened. At this, the man's ears were opened. His tongue was loosened and he began to speak plainly. Jesus commanded them not to tell anyone, but the more he did so, the more they kept talking about it. All right. Here we go, another one of those little lists of things that all start with the same letter. So I'm just acknowledging up front, like I do every time, I got this from somebody else. All right, I got this right out of this book, okay? Like Jesus, we're to serve people that are in proximity to us, right? Jesus, they just brought this man to Jesus. You don't have to go, you don't necessarily have to go out of your way, right, to serve people. This is somebody who is right in front of Jesus. They brought him to him, all right? So there are going to be times you're just going to bump right into an opportunity to serve somebody. You're not going to have to go looking for it. God has already sent you to them, or sent them to you. So who are those closest neighbors? Who are those coworkers? <laughs> who are those people that are in proximity to you, that have a need that you could help meet, a way that you could love practically in service? But I went ahead and included that first verse about him leaving this place and going to the next place and going on down to that place, because if God hasn't already sent you to the person that you need to serve, he is sending you there, all right? It's sometimes God sends us out of our way in a way that we wouldn't have planned, and it's so that we can be in proximity of someone that God knows needs help, and he wants to help through you, through me. So we serve people that are in proximity to us. We serve them personally, right? He doesn't just do this in front of the whole crowd. Now, this is a guy who couldn't hear, who could, who could barely talk, and, uh, you know, if uh, it's possible that he was accustomed to people mocking him for the way that this impacted his speech, or who knows. And so Jesus pulls him away from the crowd and deals with him kind of privately, personally. And we have the opportunity as well to do this, right? To deal with people as people, to, to honor them, to respect them. You know, when you're serving someone, um, this is not, you know, acts of service are not like, ah, let me, the, the great Savior, come in and do this thing for you, the lowly one. You know, no, we, we deal with people on... Or they're just on our level, right? It's a, it's a human being who cares, who has, uh, that we need to care about, who, who has hurts, who has questions, who has apprehensions, who has anxieties. And if we can deal with people as people and show them respect and human dignity, that goes a long way 
Lord, helping them experience the grace and love of Christ through us. And we serve people, frankly, powerfully. You know, the, Jesus heals the guy. He prays and the guy can hear and the guy can speak. If you're called to serve someone, if, if God is sending you to bless someone and they have a need, like even like a physical health need, don't be afraid to pray and ask God to heal them, to help them to do something miraculous. Because every now and then God does, right? Every now and then God does something way beyond what we, what, what's that verse? Beyond what we could hope or imagine. Every now and then, we're like, okay, God, I know you can do this, so please, would you, would you help this person through this? Would you heal them? There's a, there's a great story in this uh, chapter of the book as a guy with, uh, becoming friends with his boss. He realized uh, in this job that his boss was somebody that he needed to be connecting with, who, who um, God might want to work through him. And, and one day his boss uh, was really down because his, his son was going through some serious health things and he couldn't be there with him and he was frustrated. And, and he says, well, can I, can I pray for him? He said, oh, yeah, please do. And so he goes and finds like a quiet spot somewhere in the store that he can go and just say a brief prayer. God, you know uh, this kid needs your help and you know what a difference this would make to his dad and, and I know you can do this, so please, would you heal him? And as he's coming back to the main part of the store, there's his boss like jogging toward him saying, I just got a call. He's feeling a whole lot better. Man, this prayer thing really works. So every now and then, God moves. God does something that, that shows to someone that he's listening, that he cares. And even if God doesn't do something miraculous like that, I mean, just through everything that you do as an act of service, as an act of love for someone else, it's God's power that is at work in you, helping you to do this. All right? God's the one who gives you the courage to do it, gives you the strength to do it, gives you the, the idea of what it is to do. It's God's power that's at work within us when we serve the people around us. Serving other people is, is just love in action. It's just love given practical expression. That's what love looks like, is, is service. So this is what Jesus does for this man. It's what we are called to do as well. You know, he has set an example for us, remember? And we will be blessed if we do them. So one other, one other quick list that uh, little, they call it a tool that they give us, and, and I found this helpful. I thought, and memorable too, because uh, my boys have lately been into all kinds of, uh, watching all kinds of racing videos and uh, uh, like like car racing and that kind of a thing, especially like demolition derby related kind of car things, or if there's a lot of mud involved. Um, but I'm not mechanically inclined, but they they certainly want to be because they want to do that kind of thing when they get older. I'm, I'm, it's going to be a challenge for me to learn enough to help them uh, to be able to do that if that's something they end up doing. But um, so this is uh, if you're curious about what people need, you can check their RPMs. All right, so this is the, the engine you know term there. How are they doing relationally, physically? Mentally, spiritually. This can be something you can use just for yourself for a personal checkup. How am I doing relationally? How am I doing physically? How am I doing mentally? How am I doing spiritually? And invite God to talk to you about, you know, things that you might need to do. But if you're thinking about a neighbor or someone that God's called you to bless, you're like, well, I don't really know what they need. Well, maybe you can think about these different aspects of their life. You know, how's their home life? Do they have any close friends? Are work relationships good? You know, can I help you as you're listening to the things that they share? You know, like, oh, you might... Pick up on something because you're thinking about their RPMs. Relationally, physically, how's their overall health, energy level, they're eating well, they're getting sleep, all that kind of stuff. How, can you tell, is there anything going on with them physically that, that you might be able to pray for or help with? Mentally, you know, are they showing signs of anxiety or depression or mood swings? Are they, are they learning new things that they're excited about? Are there, 
Are there any unhealthy thought patterns you can see developing in their life as you listen to them and relate with them? Spiritually, are they starting to see signs that something might be missing from their life? Are they okay with you praying for them? Are they spiritually curious? Are they initiating spiritual conversations? Now, these are just things to think about. As you think, about, okay, what are, what are some of the needs? Sometimes it's going to be really obvious, and you know they're just going to share with you this hurt that they're going through, and you're going to like, okay, can I can I pray for you? Can I ask God to help? That's a pretty easy thing, and most people are going to say, oh, yeah, sure. You pray for them, and maybe as you pray for them, God's going to bring something to mind that you can actually do to help with whatever that is. And all of it, of course, and it's, it's motivated by love. You know, all the way back to the beginning of that passage from John chapter 13. It says, Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. That wasn't just an example that he gave, his washing their feet. It wasn't just him modeling for them what this needs to look like. It was a, an expression of love. He cared for them. He knew if they're going to be blessed, if they're going to be happy, if they're going to be fulfilled in this life and, and be in line with the life that God has designed all of us as human beings to live, that they needed to get over this way of thinking that says, man, the higher I rise, the more power I get, the more wealth I accumulate, the more important I am, the more leverage I have to get other people to serve me. He knew, man, I love these guys, and I want them to understand that's not how life works. That's not how God created us to work. Instead, the, the higher we rise, the more power we might have, the more wealth we accumulate, that gives us something to leverage for the sake of others. That gives us a, a greater opportunity to serve others with what God has entrusted to us. So what do you need to lay down <laughs> to serve your neighbors? Is there, is there a crown you need to take off and, and pick up a towel? Is there some, something else that you need to set, set aside and say, you know what, I, I don't need to hang on to this title right now. I just need to be a, a friend to this person. Is there something to do with your time, something to do with your priorities? Is there something that you need to set aside so that you can serve, so you can follow Jesus, so that Jesus and his love and his grace can be seen in you? Let's bow our heads and let's pray. God, thank you that out of love for us, you came to where we are. And in your son, Jesus Christ, you served us so dramatically. I mean, and not just the, the miraculous healings, and not just you know, washing your disciples' feet, but your willingness to, to give up your life for us, to go to the cross. You didn't have to do that. You could have called down the angels. You could have gotten off that cross. You, you could have avoided that whole thing. But out of love for us, you knew the only way we would be free. The only way to set us free from the chains that, that our sin had, had shackled us with. The only way was for you to enter into our sin and death and break the power of sin and death and the devil by your resurrection. So thank you for being willing to join us in the darkness, to join us in the mess, to join us in our death to set us free. Thank you, Jesus, for washing us, 
for cleansing us. We don't have to let the, the guilt or the shame of our past failures, our past sins, we don't have to let them control us or define us. You are willing, as we admit it to you, as we come clean with you, as we are honest with you, you cleanse us, you forgive us, you wash away the stain of our sin and shame and guilt, and you set us free. You break those chains that we thought could never be broken. You set us free from addictions and, and habits and patterns, ways of thinking, ways of living, ways of hurting ourselves and the people around us. God, you set us free. You set us on a new path. You give us supportive communities of people around us who can encourage us and help us to live a new way. Thank you, God. Thank you for loving us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for serving us like this and for inviting us to continue the work, to live your mission here in the world, Lord Jesus, to bless our neighbors. So God, I pray you'd help us this week to take the time to begin to pray for the people you have sent us to, the people in our lives, where we live, where we work, where we play, people who need your grace, who need your love. And, and what do you know? You have sent us there. You've gotten one of your kids in, in close proximity to them so that you might love them through us. Help us, God, to listen and to listen well. Help us to get to know them. Help us to serve them. I don't know what that's going to look like in each of our lives, God. I'm sure there are going to be dozens of different stories as we live in obedience to you, as we let your Holy Spirit lead us into these relationships, into these opportunities. So God, would you give us courage? Would you help us to be open to the work you want to do through us? Thank you, God. Thank you that we get to celebrate this great love in the sacrament of Holy Communion. We offer to you these simple gifts of bread and juice and we pray that by your Spirit's presence here with us at the table of our Lord Jesus, we pray that we might meet our crucified and risen Savior in his body and in his blood. We remember, Lord Jesus, that night <laughs> after you'd washed their feet, I mean, you took bread and you broke it. You gave it to them and said, take this, eat it. This is my body broken for you. When you eat this, do it in remembrance of me. You took the cup and blessed it and gave it to your disciples and said, drink this, all of you. This is my blood poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. This seals the new agreement, the new covenant between God and humanity. When you drink this, do it in remembrance of me. So today, Lord Jesus, as we come to your table to receive this spiritual food from your hands, we do so remembering your love and the way that you have served us so powerfully. We offer you ourselves, our lives, our schedules, our resources, our relationships. We offer you all of who we are. And we pray that by your Spirit's transforming work in our lives, that we might be able to live in this world as the body of Christ 
as your hands and your feet, as your sons and daughters, as people who reflect your love and your grace to the world around us. Thank you, God. Thank you for your love that you've shown us in your son, Jesus Christ. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Would you pray with me the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray? Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. The musicians are going to come and lead us in one last song as we celebrate communion together. I'll be here with this basket of bread and a cup of juice. And as we sing, you're invited to come forward, take bread from the basket, dip it in the juice and eat it, and then return to your seats. It's open to all of us who are saying yes to Jesus today. Uh, You can take the regular bread or the gluten-free bread, or you can take one of the little cups uh, and just take it back to your seat where you can peel it back and get to the bread and peel it back and get to the juice. And, And if you're wanting to make sure you stay far enough away from everybody that you don't even want to come up as part of this, and then we've got those on the tables, and that's perfectly fine too. Uh, You can celebrate communion right where you are. This is our chance to say thank you, God. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love. To receive that grace. To know it in a way that's touchable, tangible, tasteable today. So let's celebrate.
are so grateful, God, for your faithful love, your faithful presence that is with us, that guides us, leads us through each and every day. As we go from this place, we pray that we would do so filled with the Spirit of Christ, so full of your grace and love that we can't help but share it with the people that you're sending us to this week. We're trusting, God, that you will be faithful, that you will be present, that you will be at work in our works of service so that others can experience your love just as we have. Thank you, God. Thank you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen.